God is a good God, and we're so grateful to be able to celebrate today with you from your homes. We're believing soon, and very soon, we're going to be back here together worshiping on the Lord's Day, and I'm just excited about the day that that's going to happen. Amen. But until then, until then, we're still being the church. We're still doing the work of the Lord, and we're excited about all that He is doing. And as we celebrate this day, we have reason to rejoice. And we just want you to take your liberty in the Lord right there where you're at, believing that God is going to bless you again. We still do right where you're at, and we're living on it. Praise God, praise the Lord. And we're not doing it by our own good. I don't want to say But we're excited about today. Now look at somebody around you in your living room and smile at them real big or, and just tell them, hey, Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Amen. And I can just hear the eruption of the praise that's going on all across this land and how the Lord is moving in such a mighty, wonderful, wonderful way. We do want to go to the Lord in prayer, but we want to welcome you into this service today, you and your families, and we're again believing that uh, your needs are being met as you are walking with God day by day, praying for your safety, and praying for all those that have been affected by this coronavirus we know that God is able to meet their needs. There have been many that have lost loved ones. We've also come across uh, some information that a, a dear friend of ours has been transferred to a COVID unit, uh, I believe, in uh, Raleigh or either Durham, somewhere that, that way. And a uh, dear lady, Miss Bessie Howard, and we're believing that the Lord is going to touch her, sweet lady, great woman of God. Uh, and she is in need of our prayers. Also, the A.J. O'Neill family has lost... Uh, their loved one, and we're believing that God is going to minister to their needs as well and uh, touch that family in such a very special, special way. Uh, I know that there are those that are having funeral services that are not able to have everybody there uh, because of the things that are going on, but we're believing that God is going to comfort them, guide them through this time. But we're believing the Lord is going to take this coronavirus and lift it off our land and lift it off the lives of these people and we'll be able to rejoice, amen, to God and continue to persevere and press forward and get back to church. Anybody that ever says it don't matter, to come, coming to church don't matter, if you, if you, if you understand the, the power of fellowship and coming together and serving the Lord together and being discipled, and I was in a conversation yesterday and it was a very, very good question and uh, uh, the, the individual asked me, he said, what's it all about? He said, why do, we have, you know, why do we have to go to church? If Jesus is the end and the beginning, uh, the beginning and the end, why do we have to go? And I said, well, you know, I said, he is the beginning. I said, but we haven't reached the end yet until we stand before God. And so we come to church to worship him. We come to be discipled. We come to hear the word of God and to be strengthened of the Lord in a corporate way. And then we move outside the walls of the church and allow the Lord to move through us individually and corporately as a church to share this glorious gospel today. And we're grateful for that. And so we're asking God to bless you. And uh, we do want to go to the Lord and pray over these needs today. Before we get into the message, I do want to remind everybody tonight at 6 o'clock there will be a worship service that will be coming online on YouTube and Facebook. Sister Ron and the praise team have led us, are going to be leading us into worship on this uh, 
Easter Sunday evening. And uh, we're excited about that. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a very special time. And uh, so please tune in at 6 o'clock tonight. And if you will, let's join together right there where you're at in your homes. And let's believe God to touch these needs today. Father, we just love you. And God, we're grateful for the privilege we have. Lord, to rise up this day, you've given us another day, Lord, and even a day that we celebrate the resurrected Savior. Father, there's a song that says, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. It's my prayer today, Lord, that children of God everywhere and even those, Lord, that are, that are lost and undone without you will begin to understand the power of the resurrection. Why today that we celebrate this wonderful day. Our Lord and Savior is not dead. Oh, the one that you sent, the Holy One, he is alive forevermore. And we rejoice in that today. God, we ask you that you would let our hearts have the liberty in your spirit today to rejoice in the presence of this truth. God, today we ask you, Lord, to meet these needs. There are so many across the, uh, this congregation and this community and across this land that many are crying out to you, believing in the one who is able to reach down and minister to each and every each and every need, Father, that every heart has. Some have lost loved ones. Some are hurting. Some are broken. Some are sick in their body. Lord, they're struggling in their soul and in their spirit. And Father, today, Jesus is the answer. And we're asking you, Lord, that you would breathe upon them. And God, that you would reveal yourself to them in such a way, Lord, that they would begin to reach out and touch it. Lord, the Master's hand as he passes by their life today and receive, Lord, what they have need of today. We thank you, Lord, for what, what we're about to experience. For soon and very soon, Lord, we believe we're going to see the King. We believe that Jesus is being prepared. Father, even though no man knows the day nor the hour, but Jesus is prepared for that moment when you say, Son, go get my children and bring them home. Father, we, Father, want to be ready today. Hallelujah. For this wonderful day, Lord, to hear the trump of God sound, the dead in Christ rise first. And all those who are alive and remain be caught up together to meet him in the air. Lord, this is why we're living in this blessed, blessed promise. This is why we're rejoicing, Father, that Jesus is alive. Because we know, Lord, there's an eternity that we'll get to enjoy one day when this life of struggle and trials is over with. And we praise you for that today. Bless this service for your glory. Speak to every heart and every life in a way that only you can in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts. Book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. If you're there in your home, we believe in the Word of God is going to touch your heart today. When you have it, just join with me today as we read. It's going to be very lengthy. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. The Bible said, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders, 
signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken my lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your, enemy, my, uh, your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Very lengthy scripture this morning, but I wanted to read this to allow it to get in our spirit as I begin to share with you a thought that God had placed within my heart concerning this, the greatest event of all ages. As I begin to sing this song just a few moments ago, I, I'm sure many of you were singing it with me. We remember as Dallas uh, wrote that song, began to sing it, and made it popular many years ago, how many hearts and lives that it touched and how it brought a life unto the truth and the revelation of the Word of God that Jesus is not dead. He is alive today. Go ahead, drive the nails in my hand as he laid there willingly taking our place today to stand in the place of sin. Go ahead, drive those nails in my hand. Laugh at me where you stand. Go ahead, say I'm dead and gone, but all will see that I'm the one. I'm telling you today that many through generations have come to realize the truth that Jesus Christ is the one. 
He's not dead. He is alive. They've experienced this not because they've physically seen him, but they have experienced him. You can't experience a dead God today, but you can experience Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who is alive and well and moving by the Spirit of God today. Amen. I'm so thankful today uh, that I felt his presence uh, many years ago when he began to convict me. The Lord Jesus Christ uh, was speaking to my heart and I had an experience uh, that changed my life. Many today could testify of the goodness of God uh, and how they realized uh, that it was a risen Savior that shook their soul and began to speak to their heart uh, and let them know how much he loved them, how much he cared for them, and transform their life forever. You'll never be saved from a God who has not risen, from a Lord who has not risen. You can only be delivered by one who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And his name today is not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. Amen to God. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I feel his Holy Spirit in this place today. Oh, why do you get excited? I get excited because I know that my Lord paved the way to victory. I know that my Lord is alive and well because I've experienced him. I didn't have to see him. I didn't have to physically lay my eyes on him. I begin to believe in what thus saith the word of God. And as I did, I'm reminded of the scripture where Jesus said, there'll be many that'll never lay their eyes on me, but bless are they that have not seen yet they believe that he is the son of God to the glory of God. Peter is preaching a message of revelation today. When I begin to think about what Peter's preaching here, the greatest event of all the ages, many people today are living life just trying to, trying to live it up and live the dream of life. And we celebrate so many seasons in every one of our lives. And they're wonderful to celebrate. But they're not the greatest event that ever took place in life. The greatest event that ever took place was not, was not when you graduated high school. It wasn't when you graduated college. It wasn't when you maybe got that job that you were dreaming of. It wasn't when you married that spouse, that husband or that wife that you longed for. It wasn't when you had your children that are so beautiful that, that God blessed you with. This wasn't the greatest moment in life. The greatest moment in life was when Jesus Christ hung on a cross over 2,000 years ago and they buried him in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he got up from that grave and he he began to rise amen in life again this was the greatest day of all history because it was the day that the enemy lost in the battle to destroy all humanity because God made a way where there seemed to be no way through the cross today amen Oh, I would to God that people would understand the power of what the, the resurrection entails. Peter was preaching it. Peter was preaching a revelation, the greatest event of all ages. Peter, a sermon and a revelation today unto a people who had heard, but they didn't believe. 
There are many today that are hearing, yet they don't believe. There are many today that have heard from Billy Graham to, to John Hagee to many, many pastors that have never uh, broken the TV airwaves. They've listened to preachers everywhere preach the gospel. They've heard about Jesus. They've seen miracles even take place in their life and, and in other people's lives, yet they still have not believed and they continue to persevere in the life and agenda of their own own demise. But I want somebody to understand today that there is a light that shines in darkness. And the reason we preach the gospel is because the gospel has the power to illuminate and to transform today the very heart that is lost without him. Peter, in this message, is bringing to reality something that I want to share with you that is very important concerning Christ. Number one, Christ's resurrection is confirmation of his identity. Yes, it is. In John chapter 2, verse 13 through 21, we read of a story where the Bible said that Christ had come into the temple and they were buying and selling inside the temple. Jesus began to get a whip and he went in and he began to drive out those that were buying and selling. It was frustrating to him because he saw that man's agenda was getting in the way of God's sovereignty. It broke his heart. Oh, the Bible begins to declare that he had a zeal for the house of God. Why did he? Because it was God's house, amen. It was a holy place. It was a place of purpose. It was a place that Jesus declared was a place of prayer. He went in that place and he seen that man's agenda was taking the place of God's purpose. And so he began to drive them out. They were, they were buying and selling in the temple trying to get gained. And, and yet Jesus said, I don't want to get in great detail with that, but Jesus said, you have made the house of the Lord a den of thieves. He said, but my house shall be a house of prayer. And he began to drive them out with authority to Day. And I'm going to get there in a minute. But when you begin to think about this, you understand how important it was for the Lord to send the signal and the message, amen, to God of why, why, amen, to God. God's purpose is so much greater than man's agenda. Why God's sovereignty is so much greater than man's agenda. There's a lot of folk, amen, to God in life that that have not yet began to see that if we'll do it God's way, God will bless us. If we'll do it the way that he's designed, we'll have an anointing upon us as a church and as individuals that'll shake the foundations of the communities we live in. I'm telling somebody today that there are many, you may not be buying and selling in the temple, but you're doing things, amen, that are keeping you from doing what God said do and it's time to realize that we need a zeal again for the purpose of God in our heart and in our life. 
We need a zeal. My goodness, somebody shout amen in your living room. We need a zeal for the house of God. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer. The very foundation of it all, the foundation of hope, the foundation of ministry, the foundation of relationship with God. He began to drive them out in the presence of all the scribes and the Pharisees and the Jewish people there. And they're standing back saying, who does this man think he is? Woo! And the Jews began to ask him, said, listen, see, we, we, we need to understand something. Who do you think you are? You're going to have to reveal to us why you think you have the authority to do what you just did and to say what you just said. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. I could just imagine as I was, uh, uh, as I put myself there in spirit, uh, looking around, seeing uh, the faces that are confused. They're not understanding what's going on. Uh, they've heard about this man, Jesus. Uh, they've heard about the miracles he's done. Uh, they've heard about the teachings uh, and how the, the anointing of God spoke through his heart uh, in great measure. Never has there ever been a teacher like Jesus. Never has there ever been uh, a man like him. He was sinless. Uh, amen. There was no, no sin found in him. He was the perfect lamb walking and doing ministry before a world that was lost and undone without him. And they said, what gives you the right to say what you just said and what gives you the right to do what you just did? You just drove everybody out of the temple that was buying and selling. You got to tell us what gives you this authority. And Jesus said these words. He said, if you'll destroy this temple in three days I'm going to raise it up I come to tell somebody this is confirmation that he is Jesus he said when you see this body laid in a grave and on the third day it's resurrected you'll know that I have the authority and I have the right to do what I'm doing and to say what I'm saying hey come on somebody and the word said in John chapter 2 verse 22 he said therefore when he had risen from the dead the disciples remembered that he said to them and they believed the scripture there are many back then they weren't sure Jesus was who he said he was until the third day when he got up when he got up from the grave amen he got up they knew because Jesus basically said this will be your sign look at somebody and say here's your sign he is king of kings and lord of lords many didn't believe him many wondered was he the Christ many wondered Was he the one, the Messiah? But there was no doubt. On the third day, his disciples were even wondering. They had gathered together. They didn't know what was going on. Lord, they done buried him. He died on that cross and they done buried him. And for a moment, they had forgotten what he had said. There were two men, Cleopas 
and another one was making a journey down Emmaus Road. And while they were talking amongst themselves, talking about what had happened, talking about how that they had crucified Jesus, in their conversation, they were concerned because they said they really thought that he was the one. They really thought that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was going to save the Jewish people. He was going to be the arm of salvation from the Lord. But in that moment of death, all their hopes begin to subside. And as they're talking, walking down this road, all of a sudden here comes somebody drawing near to them. He begins to ask them, what in the world are you talking about? And they begin to explain to him, say, you must not be from here. You must be a stranger in this land. For the one that we thought was coming in the Father's name, they, they, they've hung him on a cross. They laid him in a tube. You gotta understand, we really thought this was the one. Our hopes were we're in him. And Jesus, as he begins to hear their, their, their hearts, he begins to tell them a prophetic scripture from Moses all the way to David, all the way to the, to the final act of grace. And it reveals unto them as they sit down and he breaks bread, he reveals unto them that this truly is the Son of God. They have yet to understand that the very one that they had placed their hope in, they thought was dead was standing in their presence. I come to tell somebody today that you may sometimes feel like you're alone and wonder where is the Lord, but he's standing in your presence even now, amen. He's not dead. He's right there where you're at. And he made himself available to these people to reveal unto them that you have not been cast away. You have not misplaced your hope. Somebody out there, maybe life got hard and you got disappointed and you thought that you had misplaced your hope. I've been through many disappointments, but the, the best decision I ever made was to put my hope in Jesus today. All my hope. Oh, my hope is in Jesus today, amen. Oh, thank God when he began to break bread with them, they, they were, were, were beginning to see it was revealed to them that this was the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they began to make their journey, even that moment, back to Jerusalem. How many knows you can't sleep under that kind of excitement, Amen. They rose up. They made their journey back to Jerusalem. They found the disciples. They said, we come to tell you that the news of him being alive is true. We come to tell you Jesus is alive. He came and he, and he stood with us and he broke bread with us. We came to tell you, amen, the cross wasn't the end. He's alive. He's well. This is the Messiah, the Son, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world today. 
I'm telling you today what a rejoicing that we have in this truth today. My goodness, I feel his Holy Ghost in this place. As they are beginning to tell the disciples this, Jesus appears and he begins to reveal himself even to his disciples. He is the Lord and his identity was confirmed through the resurrection today. This also is a confirmation of his authority. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Christ would never be manipulated by any moment. Come on, somebody. Because he had the power. He was a son of God. Satan thought he had taken care of him. Taken him out. But Satan's authority cannot exceed the authority of God. Come on, somebody. Jesus could never be held in confinement by the grip of death because the authority of God exceeds the power of death today. My goodness. The word said that he declared after three days, I will raise this temple up. Many people die daily. I've never seen one that was able to resurrect themselves. But thank God today, Jesus, amen, he was able to get up out of that grave because he was given an authority. You want to know what else he has the authority to do? He has the authority to save such as should be saved. And if you come to him, his authority will be able to break the chains off your life. You can't come to him with your your own mindset. You've got to come to him and be willing to surrender to his full authority. You've got to believe that he has the authority today not only to resurrect himself but to save all humanity. He has the authority today to turn your children's lives around. He has the authority today to step into a broken situation and put it back together again. He has the authority today to put his foot down in the midst of a storm in your life and we're praying for that authority right now to come in and put his foot down in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, amen. He has the authority. The reason why the blind man was able to see because he had the authority. The reason why the lame was able to get up and walk was he had the authority. 
the reason why he could forgive sins even while he was walking here on earth before the cross ever happened because he had the authority, the Bible said, to forgive sin. I give me a judge who not only has the authority to change my life and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, but one who has the heart to want to do it. Amen. People around here will kick you down. Your enemies want to destroy you. Some judges you might stand before in life don't want to hear grace. They want to slap the book on you. But thank God when Jesus looks upon you, he looks upon you in grace. And he says, I want to use my authority to change your life. He's the only one who has the authority. All power in heaven and earth was given unto him. This is why the grave couldn't hold him. Because the grave had no power over him. The grave could not. Three days they were mourning. Oh, but on the third day, that stone was rolled away. You know why the stone was rolled away today? Not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. He didn't need that stone to be rolled out of the way for him to come out of that grave. He was alive. He could have walked through. Come on now. But the stone was rolled away so that humanity would be able to get in and see that his body was not there. And this would be the confirmation of his identity and his authority. Many died daily, but only one died that ever rose from the grave. And that was Jesus Christ. And finally... The third thing is, is confirmation of God's sovereign grace. How many are thankful for his sovereign grace today? He didn't have to bless me, but he did. He didn't have to save me, but he did. He didn't have to send his son, but he did. He didn't have to heal your family. He didn't have to heal your body, but he did. There's a lot of things he didn't have to do, but his sovereign grace... Amen, was on the scene and he, he began to move through the resurrection of Christ. This was his sovereign grace. David said that he knew the seed that was promised to sit on the throne would come through him and that God was not going to leave his soul in hell, but that God himself was going to be resurrected. Uh, amen. The Son of God was going to be resurrected. He knew, David knew back in that day, that God was going to save him through this very act of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection today. He knew it. David had faith in the sovereign grace of God. In Romans chapter 1 verse 4, the Bible said he was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Amen. 
He was declared to be. You can't deny him now. I'm speaking to a world that don't want him to exist. But he can't be denied because of the resurrection. Romans 4 declares it today. He is Lord. You may not want to bow before him now. You may not want his grace now. I pray you do. But there's coming a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Jesus Christ, Lord of all. (laughs) There are many today that, that don't believe that he is who he said he was. But I declare to you he was more than a prophet. He was more than just a teacher. He was more than just a miracle worker. Come on, somebody. He was more than these things. See, a lot of people back in the day when they were sick, they just needed him to be their healer. He wants to be more than your healer. (laughs) He wants to be your salvation. He wants to be your deliverer. He wants to be more than than just the one that comes and and gets you out of an an earthly trial. He wants to be your Lord and your master, amen. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to see him and identify him as your Savior, your Lord. Whether he heals me or not, he's still my Lord. Whether he delivers me or not, he's still my Lord. If I die in sickness, he's still my Lord. Why? The ultimate experience with God was not about his healing. It was not all about the miracles he'd done. It was about him being the only one that was able to break the chains off the life of a human and give them a hope of eternity through the blood of Jesus Christ. I guarantee you if you cut yourself today and you'll bleed you'll bleed bleed on something and that blood will stain it but no blood has ever been able to wash like Jesus blood it's never been able to cleanse like Christ's blood he was the only lamb that was qualified to be the sacrifice for all humanity. He is the Son of God to the glory of God. Jesus was declared in this realm in Romans chapter 10 verse 9. God did not say that if you would believe on the cross alone. This is what he said. He said if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus the Lord Jesus, and believe that in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. He didn't stop but just believe that he was the Lord Jesus or confess that he was just the Lord Jesus. There are many people confess, but do you believe <laughs> that God raised him from the dead? Do you believe in this resurrection Sunday morning? Amen. Do you believe that the church is alive and well because he came forth from the grave? Oh, this is what God had declared in his sovereignty to identify Christ 
for who he is. It was a God thing, not a man thing. For those people that think we've lost our mind, going to church every Sunday, being religious. Had a fellow ask me one time, he, he walked up to me at a gas station. We went to high school together, graduated together. He walked up to me and he said, Hey, Brett, I heard you got religion. That thing cut me to my heart. Because I didn't get religion. I got saved, amen. I had backslid on the Lord during my teenage years. I come back to God. And he thought I had religion. For those out there that maybe think the church is just religious, let me tell you why the church exists. Not because some human thought, I'll just go and create a cult and build a building and, and, and try to gather people in and play with their minds. No, we're, we're alive and we're here because Jesus is Lord today. Amen. Many of you out there don't understand the prayers that take place from Christians who had, who had accepted Christ and began to allow him to be their Lord and Master. They were saved and their prayers have held back judgment. My God help me preach. You better thank God for the church today. Because America would not be where America's at had not it been for the church and prayer. You say, preacher, that's a bold statement. You better believe it is. For our God is the one who has held back the enemy from coming in and destroying this great nation. Y'all better thank God for the church. Matter of fact, don't just thank God for him. Seek God and find him. Because it's the greatest experience you'll ever have in your life. The good thing about the church is we have a future. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have a future. And my future is not confined to the span of this life and a lake of fire. <laughs> Glory to God. My future involves standing before the Lord and the Lord because of his blood, because of his resurrection, looking me in my face and saying, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in to the joys of your salvation. I don't know about you, but all the money in the world can't buy you this. All the happiness in the world can't buy you this. Come on, somebody. It can't buy you this. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible said, Therefore God has also exalted him, God has, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It was never a man thing. It was always a God thing. God raised him up. God exalted him. God positioned him. And God gave us grace through him that we could be delivered. Back in Acts chapter 2, we find Peter 
This was after the upper room experience, but I wanted to hone in on this sermon. This sermon was important because he was preaching to a people who had knowledge of Christ. He had knowledge. But after his death, even though yet they had heard that he had risen, they didn't believe it. They went on about their lives. They did not believe that Christ, because he didn't appear to everybody. He appeared to many, but he didn't appear to everybody. And many chose not to believe, even in what they were hearing. But when they came out of that upper room that day, there was something happening that they could not explain. They said, what in the world's going on here? God was setting the stage. It wasn't about the, 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 so much the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit at that time, although God was using them. It was about that in ministry, but it created a stage for a great sermon. Amen. How many knows today that God's Holy Ghost will create a stage for a great sermon, for a witness? Amen. I'm so grateful for God's gifts through the Holy Ghost. It created a great sermon because they all came out speaking in tongues. And they said, how is it that everyone's speaking? We hear everybody speaking in our own language. We've never seen anything like this. And Peter said, hold on just a minute. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Hallelujah. Many times we're trying to avoid questions when we ought to be saying, I'm glad you asked. We ought to be able to give an answer to every man, amen, concerning the faith that is in our heart toward Jesus Christ. Peter began to say, you men of Israel, hear these words of Jesus of Nazareth. This man whom God had lifted up and attested, and he did it before you by miracle signs and wonders. He saw all these things which God did through him in your midst, and you yourselves knew about this. You knew about this. I'm going to tell you, for those that reject the Lord, if you don't accept him fully as your Savior and surrender to him, you're going to stand before God, and one day he's going to say, you knew about this. It's no surprise. You knew he said, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you've taken by lawless hands and you've crucified and put him to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because even though you killed him, death couldn't hold him. Amen. <laughs> death couldn't hold him. You killed him. You put him in the tomb, but he ain't there. Because he is the son of God. God raised him up. Even David knew this. He said, but let me speak freely to you. Amen. That David is still in his tomb. But the seed that was promised through David has already come. He's hung on a cross. You buried him. And he's alive and well. As Peter preached the word of God that day, guess what? The Holy Spirit was upon him. I'd have loved to have been in that service. And said, preach. Preach on, Peter. Preach on. It's about time somebody stand up in the midst of a perverse generation of folks who are putting the church down and mocking the church and mocking Christians. Preach it, Peter. I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. You want to know what's happening here? Your sin. Put him on that cross. 
Let me tell you what, the sins of the world put him on the cross. Every sinner, for every act of unrighteousness, he bore it all in one day on that lovely cross called Calvary. And Peter, he said, you hung him on that cross. You saw the miracles he'd done. I've, anybody ever, ever had questions and you wondered how can anybody feel that way about somebody who was so good to everybody? Amen. I mean, he was good to us. He was good to the blind. He was good to the sick. He was good to those who were searching for truth. He was good to his disciples. How could anybody want to put him on a cross? But Peter said, you did. I said, preach it, Peter. You put him on a cross. And now you want to know why you're seeing what you're seeing because it is impossible for this to happen except there's an answer. And that answer is the one you crucified is not dead. As a matter of fact, before he went to heaven, he told us to go get in this room and pray till we be endued with power from on high. It's because of his resurrection that we have what we have today in the grace of God, not only through salvation, but in a few weeks we're gonna celebrate Pentecost. I'm telling somebody today, don't wait till that day to celebrate it. Get you an experience with the Holy Ghost even now. By being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? You don't have to wait till Pentecost for it to happen. That's just when God blessed this land. Oh, with that wonderful, graceful gift. Peter, as he preached that word, the conviction began to get. I pray conviction, not because I preach, I preach hard. I know I do. But there's a passion in why I preach this way. Because there's a hell that Christ came, Christ came to keep you from. He died, he was buried, he was resurrected. Now you don't have to go there. Mm. And Peter kept preaching until the conviction came all over them. And when the conviction began to get a hold of them, this is the words that came out of their mouth. They said, my goodness, this thing had cut them to heart. Peter said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, they said, what are we supposed to do? How can we, how can we fix this? Ain't nothing to fix. It was a perfect plan. It was the perfect plan. It was the greatest event that ever took place. It was perfect. Nothing to fix. What can we do about this? Peter said, I'll tell you what you can do. He said, repent. Nobody wants to hear that word repent. Everybody just wants to cover up their sin and act like that. Come on, somebody. How come the churches are struggling today? Because we have more covering, amen, by the hands of man than we do covering by the grace of God through repentance today. 
Amen. That's hard, preacher. Why you got to be hard on us? He said, repent. That means turn away. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repent. Turn away. And then he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Repent. God ain't going to cover what you ain't sorry for. Amen. Amen. We got to have repentance. It's got to break our heart again. Man wrote a song, I won't call his name, but you know the song said, can he still feel the nails every time I fail? Does the crowd cry crucify again? My God, help us to understand that, that God won't cover what's not repented of. When you hear somebody saying, you need to pray through, that's because we need to reach a level of repentance that, that, that engages us in the cleansing power of his blood today. This is praying through. The greatest event ever took place was a powerful event, the resurrection of Christ. But it's repentance that engages us into position to be able to experience the power of this authority. He said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All these things he said, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. Then you shall also receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as we have. But then he goes on to say that it's not just for you. It was not just for the people of this Bible. It was for every generation. Every generation. This promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. I'm telling you, he's calling today. Every day, God is reaching out. He's reaching out through churches. He's reaching out through Christians. He's reaching out directly by his Holy Spirit in so many ways. He'll even use secular things to reach out to you and tell you today so that you can understand the power of the cross of Calvary, the power of his resurrection today. Oh, it's evident that he is the Christ because he's risen. It's evident today, amen, that he has authority because he raised himself up and he's still changing lives today. It's evident today that God has confirmed his sovereign grace through Christ because God has elevated him and placed him above everything. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Oh, what a wonderful resurrection morning. As I close, to be reminded of how they went running to the tomb. They went running to the tomb. And as they were running to the tomb... Off the precipice of the news they had received, Peter. Peter making his way, one of the first ones there running to the tomb and getting down through that door and looking in and finding 
that those ladies were right. Jesus wasn't there. They found his clothes. They found his clothes laying there. They were folded neatly. But his body was gone. What that mean? In Jewish tradition, they'd fold their napkin, they lay it there, and that meant they were coming back. <laughs> He's coming back today. Aren't you glad that this same Lord, who we've never seen with our own eyes, but we've experienced in our heart, we've seen in the Spirit, we've seen the hand of God move. One day, we're going to sit down beside our King Jesus. And our eyes will behold him. And we'll see those nails that were in his feet. We'll see those scars that were in his hand. Oh, dear God, today, what a day. Glorious day that's going to be. Every generation cannot escape the timeless truth that you just heard. 5,000 years from now, should the Lord tarry, and I don't believe he will. I believe it's coming soon. But 5,000 years from now, this message will be just as real and relevant today as it was throughout every generation. We love you today. Everybody bow your heads where you're at. And just, just take a moment just to thank the Lord. Thank him for revealing himself after he rose from the grave that day to his disciples and to those on the road to Emmaus and the, the many others that he, that he revealed himself to so that they would be the testimony of truth to his resurrection. Had no one seen him, God, then many today would have doubted that he had risen they would have believed that somebody had stolen his body and moved it somewhere. But God, that was not your intent. Your intent was to place before the eyes of those present a word in their heart of reality and truth that they had seen for themselves to declare to every generation, Jesus is alive. Many that day, God, after those 40 days that he dwelt on earth after his resurrection before he ascended to heaven, many looked up and as he ascended, the angels began to say, why stand you here gazing? The same Jesus which you see going up in like manner, he will return. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would prepare every heart that's heard your word today to search within themselves and ask themselves the hard question, am I where I need to be with the Lord? And if you can answer that question sincerely and true and say, yes, I am, then rejoice today and celebrate in what he's done for your life. But if you can't, if you can't with a free heart say and a clear heart say that I'm where I need to be with God, then I want you to let the Lord 
speak to you right now. I want you to just kneel where you're at. Maybe you can't kneel, but just kneel in your spirit. Bow your head before God. Say, Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. I failed you in so many ways. Father, it's not my heart to do that anymore. God, I want to be pleasing unto you. Lord, I repent. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry that I've broken your heart. But today, Lord, I sense your love and I sense your grace and your mercy. And Father, I'm asking you to forgive me my sins. I'm asking you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm asking you, God, to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to live in your grace. I want to be a child of God. I want to know that my life, my life has been redeemed because I put my faith in the greatest greatest event that ever took place in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Lord, today if anyone's prayed and asked you to forgive them if they've repented over their sins, Lord, your word says that, that you will forgive them and, and by the Holy Spirit, God, they'll be born again. God, let them feel that cleansing by your Spirit taking place even now. Father, washing those hearts, Lord, and and creating a new heart within them. And then your word declares, as Peter said, not only will you be saved, but you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, God, I pray. Lord, there are those, God, right now that are being saved, sanctified by your Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Ghost even right now. God, the, the gift and great promise you gave us we celebrate today a Lord who is on the throne. He's not in a tomb. He's not in a grave. He is alive and he's well. Bless these families everywhere. You Glory and praise and honor be to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you at home. Please remember to join us tonight at 6 o'clock. As we worship the Lord in song, Sister Ron and the praise team, you're going to be blessed. And we are praying that this will be over soon and reaching out to you. God bless you.